ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kings and queens, and everything in between, damas y caballeros, bienvenidos to another episode of this series, Locals Doing Local Things. I'm your host, Juan Daniel Avila, and today we move forward, or should I say we move south to San Diego, in which I have my very first local guest from there, and what a great pleasure it is to introduce you to head coach of San Diego State men's soccer team, Ryan Hopkins. Coach, how are you today? How's San Diego treating you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and having me on. Pleasure to, to be on the show and, uh, you know, chat with you for a little bit. And uh, San Diego is, is doing great. You know, it's, it's nice. We're, you know, finally starting to get opened up a little bit, you know, restaurants and, um, you know, things of that nature and a little bit more activity, um, you know, outside Padres games, um, you know, so obviously just got to be, yeah, diligent with our, you know, continuing to be as safe as we can be, um, you know, but it's been nice, yeah, to, yeah, get back a little bit to, to normal, uh, you know, whatever that's going to look like in the future, but uh, it's been, uh, it's been an enjoyable summer, a little bit of recruiting mixed in there. We finally got uh, back on the road June 1st. Um, so we've been a couple different places recruiting we got a big tournament this weekend, surf cup. Um, so we'll be out, um, out there all weekend out in Oceanside. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fast summer. I can't believe we started in, you know, our first practices in three weeks. So, um, you know, it's that, that quick turnaround from having our season in the, in the spring, but yeah, we're looking forward to it and yeah, we're getting excited. Um, you know, every day we get closer to the season. No, oh, yeah. And that's why I have you here precisely for the for the new season. I think that's what all the Aztecs and the spectator fans are ready to talk about. The 2021 schedule came out a couple of weeks ago and we'll be talking about that briefly as well. Uh, but I, I like that you're mentioning all these good things about San Diego because I moved down there this Sunday. So I'm ready to start enjoying the weather out there. I'm sure. It, what is it? Yeah. The 76 is right now. No higher yeah. than the 80s. Yeah, a little bit in the 80s. Got a little little bit warmer um you know it'll stay a little bit you know when you come in a little bit inland on the mesa here it gets a little bit hotter but yeah everything by the beach is yeah 75 80 beautiful waters waters clear so yeah you can't you can't beat it yeah you can't beat san diego that's for sure no yeah, i'm getting i'm getting goosebumps just from you talking about it coach i can't wait I, it's been a long long wait just uh uh, with the whole COVID thing, like you said, I had to wait a year. Now that I'm stepping in, everything's just coming at me so quickly. But wow. let's get let's get into you. Yeah. Uh, right right away, uh, Virginia. You came from Virginia, uh, but I didn't know this that you were a SoCal native originally. So how, could you tell us how did that go about? How did when does your soccer career start? Yeah. So I was. Uh, so I I've moved around a lot. Um, you know from. As, as a coaching career and then you know as, as a kid I was born in actually born in Detroit Michigan uh, and then moved to California when I was about six five or six uh, and then yeah grew up in Huntington Beach and um, I went to college in, in Irvine at Concordia University a division two school um, you know and played there and played for four years had a good experience was you know uh, honored as an all-american as a goalkeeper there and um, yeah didn't really know what I wanted to do to be be honest after after college as I'm sure um you know most kids in in college have have those moments so you know I was a I was a pre-law major uh political science major um you know and I didn't want to go to law school right away so to be honest I didn't want to move back home so I just found a job coaching under 12 uh coaching under 12 boys clubs team and it, and it paid well and 
I lived on a futon kind of in someone's uh, apartment, like kind of like spare office, uh, <laughs> you know, just so I didn't, you know, have to, uh, you know, move home. And that was kind of the, the glamorous world of, of starting my coaching career and kind of worked my way up, started coaching at Concordia. And then, you know, was there, we had a lot of success there um, and then moved, moved up to San Luis Obispo um, at Cal Poly um, who will play this year. So that'll be a pretty fun uh, experience to go back up there and, and, and play them and see, I've got some family up there as well. Um, so was spent three years there, had some good success, then went out to the university of Wisconsin uh, in Madison, you know, for the, yeah, just wanted a different experience getting out of California. Um, obviously being in the big 10, one of the best, you know, conferences in college soccer. Um, so only spent one year there and then got a great opportunity at the university of Denver, uh, spent five years at the university of Denver. We went to the final four in 2016. Um, and then, yeah, I took the opportunity at, at Virginia, uh, you know, kind of my whole goal would, was slow to move back West. Uh, and then I, you know, moved as far East as you possibly could. And, um, amazing experience at Virginia, you know, obviously it's, you know, one of the, you know, premier um, historical programs, um, you know, in college soccer. And yeah, we were able to put a, put together a pretty cool team, um, you know, make it to the, the national final 2019. And, um, you know, then got, got the opportunity to um, interview for this, for this position and, you know, got hired uh, in three weeks before COVID started. Um, so it's been an interesting last, you know, 18 months trying to, you know, guide the program through, through COVID and having a season and trying to recruit and, and trying to build, you know, all these things, um, you know, that, that, you know, it takes for us to, to, you know, create a, a high level program that, that I'm used to. And, um, you know, I think the sky is the limit for here. You know, we have, a beautiful brand new stadium in Aztec stadium that we're going to get to play some games in, in 2022, you know, we have the conference in the PAC 12 conference, which is the, you know, one or two, one of the best two conferences in the country, without a doubt, you know, we have a, have an education here at San Diego state that, you know, is highly respected, um, you know, certainly regionally. And I think it's growing nationally um, as we continue to put more, you know, emphasis into that air, into those areas. And, yeah, we have the, yeah, we have the weather. So, you know, for me, it was, there was so many good positive things here and, you know, I can't wait, you know, kind of to get over this, you know, kind of get past, you know, the pandemic and yeah, really start to put, you know, put the, put our stamp on this program. Oh yeah. It sounds like you had a lengthy uh, career already, but I mean, you're still young and, and yep. I'm sure you got years to come here at SDSU, of course. And, you're starting off as a goalkeeper and then go from coaching. Um, were you an assistant coach before this? And then this is your first leadership as a head coach, or you've done uh, the head coach position before? Uh, of course, uh, apart from the U12s that you said you coached in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of club, a little bit of club head coaching, obviously along along the pathway. But yeah, this is my first head coaching, you know, head coaching position. And I tell our players all the time, you know, I think we're in a society of instant gratification. Um, and it, I tell our guys like, guys, I spent 16 years as an assistant coach, you know, to earn this opportunity. And I lived in five different states. I lived in three states in one calendar year, you know, one year and just, you know, yeah, was there some times that I, I felt like, 
I had been passed over for some jobs, of course. I think everyone has, you know, a certain like mindset. But for me, it was just about continuing to learn and put myself in environments where I could learn and could, um, you know, uh, work my craft and and uh, hone my craft craft a little bit um on each stop and I think every single I think every single stop has helped me get to here and you know I, I look back on it now and I, I I feel so prepared to be in this position you know there's still a lot of things like it's probably about like having a child you don't you know fully know what you're getting yourself into until you get there um but you know I feel very very prepared for um you know everything that's come into this job other than in a worldwide pandemic in the first three weeks of the job. Um, but other than that, I feel I felt very, very prepared for, you know, the vision that I want for this program um, of how we want to play, um, how we're going to act, um, how we're going to attack our, our education, um, you know, and ultimately how we're, how we're going to win and, and create a successful program. No, yeah, and uh, shout out to the Daily Aztec. They've been really keeping up with you since your, yep. your, your arrival. You know, Amber Salas definitely... Yep put some good uh you know notes in there for you talking about you know the the whole weight before the anticipated first games so that that was nice of her i read that uh, yeah uh, she's she's been great i love the love the, the daily aztec and um you know they've been phenomenal in in covering us and i i think there's a there's a really there's such a great and i would say this for all of our aztec athletics there's such a good I feel student vibe towards athletics. I'm really excited. We should be at full, full capacity for fans. Um, you know, I know, shout out to the, to the show, you know, probably one of the most, uh, certainly one of the loudest fan bases and certainly one of the uh, most aggressive on Twitter, but, but I love it. You know, I, love <laughs> it. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're um, I'm so excited to have them at games and yeah, just to have all our fans, I think are, our game model and how we play is very suited for fans and feeding off fans energy. Um, you know, and I, I can't wait, I can't wait to have full, you know, full fans here in the fall. No, I'm sure uh, students like myself as well. Can't wait uh, that haven't experienced that. And we've seen yeah. it all through, uh, you know, videos and, and stuff like that. And we haven't able been able to do that, but now that the time's here, uh, with fans coming in and spectators, I think the crowd is going to be extra crazy, extra loud uh, talking about the show. You know, they're, they're already mentioning it on Twitter. Like you said, I'm sure they're going to show up uh, with, with everything they got uh, the first couple games or all throughout the season at this point. But in this case, let's, uh, let's talk about how, how we ended the season and yeah. what, what were we looking at uh, now in this following season? Uh, the San Diego state men's soccer team finished off the season with a, one seven and two record and this was a program's uh, first season under uh your leadership but obviously if someone was to look at this record uh they would be like hey you know what's what's going on but obviously me and you both know if we could agree on that that the record itself doesn't really purposely feed what the soccer that we saw because it was a potential we were we could have been, been stanford at this point you know yeah. the first games and uh but maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how you feel about that record and your overall thoughts of this last uh, season. Yeah. And really, I think it's, you know, it, you know, we're kind of on a three-year cycle, you know, and, and certainly I would have wanted it to go faster, but, you know, I think for me is, you know, it's gotta be a slow build. So we do it the right way, you know, and in terms of the people that we want to bring into the organization, character wise, 
uh, leadership wise, you know, I think, you know, that has to be a process, you know, and, you know, I think, you know, for this first year, it was really about just what is our identity going to be on the field? You know, who do we want to be? How do we want to play? And, you know, with our attacking and our defending principles, um, you know, and then certainly what do we want to be, you know, known for off the field and what kind of uh, culture and program do we want to build that way? You know, and I think really, you know, we're able to implement a lot of pieces of that. You know, I think this second year really is going to be refining that. There were some things I did wrong. I need to coach better. Um, you know, I can manage better within the group. I think that'll really help us, you know, and I think we added, you know, we're going to add in nine recruits um, into the group, you know, now. So we've been really busy during this, um, you know, recruiting season of, of getting these players in and, you know, players from all over the world. Um, you know, and then I think really the third year is where you're going to really see us take off, take off. You know, I think, you know, they'll really understand the system. They'll understand the culture the program. You know, it'll be, you know, a lot of the players, obviously, that, that we, you know, we brought in as a staff. Um, you know, and then I think by then, you know, all the players that, you know, remained, you know, will also be essentially our guys, too, because they've gone through the culture, you know, for they've made it to to that point. And essentially, I think everybody then becomes kind of your guys, you know, so I think, yeah, the first year, you know, it was, you know, we hadn't played a game and everybody went through this, right. We hadn't played a game in 465 days. I think when we played UCLA and, you know, I think it was, um, you know, the PAC 12 as well. I mean, it was 70% of our games were against teams in the top five in the country. Um, you know, then that's just the nature of the PAC 12 and that's the challenges, you know, that I came, that I came for and why, you know, this job was so, highly sought after is, is, is that, you know, you get to compete against the best of the best. You're competing against, you know, young pros, um, you know, week in and week out. And, you know, that's the challenge I wanted. That's the challenge I had in the ACC as an assistant. And, you know, those, those were the games that I wanted, you know, when I came here. And, you know, I think, like you said, I, I would say for 70% of the season, we were, we were very good. We were in every single game. You know, I think we went to overtime four games, um, you know, we had Cal on the ropes here. We had a red card when we were leading and ended up losing that game. You know, we lost to Stanford in overtime. We were up against Washington on the road with 48 seconds left and we ended up losing that game in overtime. So, you know, I laugh all the time. I'm like, man, if we were a professional team, you know, we would have had, I think we would have been like one, three and four, you know, where the record is like, all right, that's, that's way more reasonable. So, you know, I just think, yeah, when you look at that record, it's yeah, the record is that that's what the record was. And that's ultimately what our team was. And, you know, it's up to us to, you know, fix those issues. We had some issues on set pieces. I think we had some issues late in games. I think maintaining focus and discipline, you know, in our shape and to our principles for a full 90 minutes or sometimes maybe 110 minutes, um, you know, and I think those will be kind of the big things I talk about kind of refining the shape um, you know, kind of refining the whole system of play for, I think, for for this year. So, and I think, you know, we'll have a full schedule this year. So we'll get some non-conference games, you know, against the Big West, WCC, WAC, um, you know, so we're not always playing, you know, um, you know, Pac-12 opponents every, every single every single game. So I think, you know, hopefully we can get some results, you know, going early in the season build some confidence as we build into that Pac-12, you know, which is going to be a juggernaut as always. Oh, yeah, like you said, uh, the first the first uh, couple games, the first season alone, you said you were concentrating on building this culture, this identity to really uh, strengthen the team, something that uh, SDSU didn't have for quite some years, as we mentioned as well. 
and uh, the players talking about them, each one of them had uh, precisely that to say, you know, they're, they're trying to figure it out, but at the same time, uh, they're giving it their all. And uh, whatever you tell them is what they've been following. I know I talked a lot to Blake Bowen uh, about this and, uh, you know, he said hundred percent they're in, they're in with you, everyone, uh, no matter where they come from, uh, they're here to play as a team. And uh, sometimes that misses out, like you said, individuals, I think the only conversation me and you had was after the UCLA game, I got to uh, talk to you over the phone. And, you know, we talked about that, how they had great individuals, great, great talent, but as a team, they didn't click. And I think that's what happens at the end of the day, all around football, you know, you see big teams, great players, you know, France, look at France, you know, they yeah. get eliminated. And, and that reflects same uh, on this level, you know, if you play as a team, you will win. If, uh, and if you don't, it, it's kind of hard for one individual to do all the work. And we've seen that time and time again. Uh, and, and, and of course that I think this kind of pushes, pushes us into the 2021 schedule. Um, what do you have planned for us besides, you know, what games do you look forward to uh, in this next upcoming uh, season be besides the Pac-12 uh, teams that we already know that we face? Well, I think for, for me, I think, uh, I think every single game, you know, I think I've learned in the last 18 months is to not take anything for granted. Um, you know, you, you don't know what's going to be taken away from you. So, so honestly, every single game I'm, I'm excited excited for you know I think it's a really really good slate of games NCAA tournament teams I think teams that'll be you know in in contention to win their conference you know right off the bat I think Cal State Northridge very very good team you know had some a uh, lot of pros throughout the year always a contender for the big west um, so we get to kick off the season with them so I'm hoping we can get a really good a really big fan base out for that one right when school starts um, I think that'll be a really, really exciting match on August 26th. And then we turn around, you know, four days later and we play the WCC champion LMU who finished, you know, hovering around a top 10 team in the country last year. They actually beat UCLA, um, you know, last, last spring as well. Um, so they're going to be a fantastic team. I think, you know, stumbled a little bit in the NCAA tournament, you know, um, just um, couldn't, couldn't get things firing on, on all cylinders and got knocked out um you know in that in that second round but yeah i think they're going to be a dynamite dynamite team um and it'll be a really good test early in the season you know i think when you start to look at at large bids um you know that's a game in our second season you know our second game of the season is it's an nca tournament type of game you know they're going to look at head-to-head -head for when you look you know if they happen to have a really good season and not win the WCC you know and we're in those contentions for an at-large but they're going to look at head-to-head -head. so I think that's a massive game for us really early you know we turn around then we drive up to Cal Poly you know I kind of um, kind of teased that one earlier that's a special game for me just of having worked there I have a lot of family in the area up there as well so that'll be a pretty special uh, moment for me. And I, and I think the group as well. And then, yeah, we come back and we play UC Davis, who I think will be one of the best teams in the West region this year. Um, you know, they, they will be, I think the favorite to win the big West. Um, and I think they're, they're built to be a good NCAA tournament team as well. So we, we play them on a Friday night here, September 10th. Um, I think that'll be a dynamite dynamite match. Um, and then, you know, we got Cal State Bakersfield, who always presents some different problems for us. Very good technical team, um, you know, that will, you know, their first season in the Big West. So they're growing their program as well. Um, and then we start the conference, you know, right then and there. And, you know, we sprinkle in a couple more non-conference. We got 
Gonzaga, um, who will always be. I know the show will will take a run at Gonzaga since uh, the Gonzaga basketball team won't play won't play <laughs> the Aztecs. Uh, we had to bring in the uh, Gonzaga soccer teams. So um, you know, and then we got our crosstown rival a little bit later with USD, and then yeah, pretty much the conference schedule from there. So yeah, I think a little bit of a little bit of everything. Some good um, good you know mainly West Coast type of teams, but yeah, different coaches, different styles of play that I think will help prepare us for, for the PAC 12 and then hopefully competing for a PAC 12 championship. And um, if not, uh, at least an at-large berth into the NCAA tournament. No, yeah. The schedule looks really interesting. And uh, August 15th, it's uh, against UC Irvine. That's an exhibition match, correct? Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. It, it's open to spectators. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. I don't know. Exactly. That, that one's at UC Irvine. So I'm not exactly sure what their rules are going to be. Mm. Um, you know, and then we'll have the second exhibition against California Baptist who will be, I think, in competition to win the WAC conference. Very good. Got some really good international players. So we'll play them on the 20th and that should be open, um, you know, to to uh, spectators. Um, those two, those two exhibitions. And then, yeah, I get rolling on the 26th. So it's crazy. You know, we, we come into camp on August 10th. And then, yeah, 16, you know, 16 days later, we start the season. So it's it's crazy how fast our people, I don't think, uh, fully understand how fast our preseason goes and how quickly we have to try and get these guys ready, you know, not only tactically, technically, but just, you know, physically and fitness-wise, um, you know, for the season. It's We play a game every 3.3 days, um, you know, which is, which is crazy, um, you know, with, you know, how much running is required in our system of play. So, um, you know, a game every 3.3 days is, is, is a challenge for sure. No. Yeah. Uh, I wrote the article on the 2021 schedule and I'm looking forward to the California Baptist cause it looks like that's the first home event. Yeah. I'll be there uh, yeah. for sure. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, your system of play is pretty, uh, intensive work. And, uh, yeah. I, that was going to be another, a question like that you have new recruits in could you tell us something about that and if there's any tryouts still for for an open I don't know a guy like me that's somewhat fit that could probably shoot against a Cadona or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we you know we wanted to balance out this class and, and really just bring in guys you know bring in more more competition throughout the group um you know and and you know we really felt we've done that we brought in nine players you know four four internationals we brought in two transfers um, and uh, we brought in three, you know, three first time freshmen. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited about the, the mix of the players. And we felt we really addressed some positional needs, um, you know, that that we had from from the spring and, you know, moving on from some players as well after the spring. Um, and, yeah, we're really, really excited about this group. You know, we think it's it's got some you know, although some of our internationals, just how COVID work, you know, they're coming in as freshmen, but they're coming in as 21 year old freshmen. So I think that experience, you know, the clubs that they've come from in, in Europe and, and beyond, um, you know, they've been in really, really good environments and high level environments. Um, and I think that plus, you know, that age and leadership um, is really something that'll help, you know, just our group in general, for sure. No, yeah, we're ready for, for it. I think, uh, Obviously, you probably had a lot to do with the with the. We have a new goalkeeper, I believe it's Jacob Castro. Yep. Yep. He, he's coming from Washington, and I'm yep. sure you know there's going to be a lot of more competition now that there's these new players integrated in the field. Because I'm sure we have a lot of returning players as well, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So we have about we have about eighteen returning players, um, and then adding that group of nine, so about twenty seven, um, you know, on the roster. And yeah, we're just excited to get everybody here and um, you know get get things get things rolling. And and you know, like I said, we only get about sixteen days before that first game, so we have to be really efficient um, and smart about what we do in that sixteen days and and how we prepare the team. But um, you know, I think our guys are very very motivated. Um, you know, to come in and, and, and really, really push this thing forward. Oh yeah. Feel free to call me up on the last day of training when they have ran like 10 miles so I could come in, score a goal or whatever. And, uh, I could write something, some, some, some stuff on the, on the daily ask about that, but that's, that's cool, man. Uh, I'm, we're, we're all looking forward to this, uh, but we're going to step into these, uh, personal questions now that we okay. got on, on IG. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I was going through your Instagram myself. Yeah. And it looks like you're more of a traveler than a coach. If you were just scrolling up, we're like, hey, where, where's this guy coaching at? Uh, but that's cool that, you you know, you enjoy uh, traveling. And I know you said this, this is something you started doing more often. And uh, it's something you're implementing it, too, on the team. You know, whenever you guys go out, you show them new places that they've, they've yeah. never been to or they won't have that opportunity. And so you take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think there's so much so much education you can get from just traveling. I think what you learn about yourself, what you can learn about other people's cultures and, and how they live and yeah, just the history side of things. Um, you know, I think this is part of my, you know, my political science and my history background. Um, you know, when I was in college is like those things really intrigued me about history. And I think, you know, as we get older and older, we get further away from that history. And I think it's important to, to keep those lessons alive, keep those memories alive. And um, yeah, just show show our guys what, what the world is. I've been fortunate, you know, I've been to 24 countries, um, you know, during my time on this planet. And um, I've seen some beautiful things. I've seen some not so beautiful things, um, you know, but, you know, it, it, it shaped who I am and shaped my, my vision of the world and my values, um, you know, as well and, and how I want to do things. So, yeah, I'm excited to be able to do that more myself. Obviously it's been hard in the, in the last 18 months and certainly for the team as well. So we're excited to hopefully do a little bit more of that in the fall, um, you know, and then, you know, build upon that with some of our, some of our trips for, you know, subsequent years. Yes, nice. All right. Well, uh, cool. let me know what questions you want to start off with. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we start off with a local San Diego question? And this is from, from an alum who just stopped playing a couple of years ago, Pablo Pelez, great, okay. great player, um, all Pac-12 player. But he asked me, uh, what are your, or what are your favorite, what's your favorite taco shop in San Diego? Don't let me down. I knew this question was going to come. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of Mexican food. Absolutely. One of my top actually pizza is my favorite food. Um, so I've gotten a lot of delivery pizza during the pandemic. That's for sure. Um, but uh, I've only been to a couple, to be honest, you know, obviously in, in the pandemic, it's, it's been challenging. Uh, I would say I really like uh, Puesto is one that I've been to um, that I enjoyed. And then I just went to one last week called um Barrio Star in Bankers Hill. And uh, that was that was really, really good as well. So those have been my top two so far. I'm sure there's millions that I need to I need to get to as well. Um, outside of that. Oh, I've been to the one right here on campus, too. Um, it's right next to the gas station. I can't think of the name of it. Trujillos? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. 
Yeah, that's um, the one everyone talks about. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that one is 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 quite good as well. So I would say those mm. have kind of been my three, um, you know, that I've been to that I've that I've really enjoyed. So, but yeah, I think San Diego is, um, you know, a culinary entire culinary experiences. Yeah, you have so much diversity. I live right in downtown, um, you know, so I'm able to walk to a lot of different things, and um, mm. there's so many restaurants and and stuff opening up around me and street fairs and. Um, you know, it's been, um, yeah. So just trying to experience it all for sure. It's a good question. Definitely. Yeah. We have to explore those places out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, another one we got here, um, it was actually from one of my former players at the university of Denver. Um, okay. you know, he asked, what were your most valuable takeaways from your time at Denver and just in, in your coaching career? Um, you know, and it's a really actually, it's a simple question, but very, I think, complicated answer. Um, you know, and I think for me, you know, I think we all as young coaches or getting into any profession, like you want to get to the top, you know, and it's always about, you know, when I think you first start, it's, it's always about winning and it's always about, um, you know, how, what's my greatest pathway or my quickest pathway to, to get to, you know, wherever I want to go. And, you know, I think, Along the way, I think, you know, I had, I certainly had that in the first stages of my career. And I think really when I got to Denver, you know, I think that's when, you know, when I was in my thirties, you know, I was, um, had turned 30 there, um, you know, and I spent like, I think that's a really important time in your life. I think you really, really start to find out who you are. You really stop to, you start, you stop caring about what other people think about you for sure during that time frame in your life uh, without a doubt. So I think it was, it was a great time for me and it, and it really shaped my more, my vision of college soccer, you know, where I think it's, yes, yeah, certainly results are important and we're in a results business. And yes, I certainly have been brought here to, to win, to win games and compete for the PAC 12. And I'm fully aware of, you know, those expectations and I embrace those expectations, you know, even in this conference, but, you know, I think also beyond that, you know, it's about creating an experience. It's about creating relationships and, and ultimately it's about preparing in my student athletes for life after college, you know, and, and hopefully that's, hopefully that's a 10, 12 year professional career. Um, you know, that's my dream for all of them. And that's a lot of their dreams, but yeah, that's, that's a challenge. That's, that's hard to do. Um, you know, so ultimately it's just about the next 60 years of life. So they can be good businessmen. They can be good fathers. They can be good husbands. They can be good people, you know, in their community. And that, and that's, I feel, you know, that's what really helped shape that philosophy kind of at Denver. So I would say that's kind of that, that biggest takeaway I took is just more of my overreaching philosophy on college athletics and really what I'm really what I want to, what I want to do here. Um, you know, and why I'm in college athletics, I got a lot of opportunities, you know, to go to the professional game or to the youth game. Um, you know, and I've always stayed in college soccer. A lot of my friends haven't, um, you know, but for me, it's always been about that. It's been about having that mission and having that mission drive me, um, you know, and I think this is a San Diego state gives me a great platform, great platform to do that. So I think that was probably my biggest takeaway that I had from, from the university of Denver for sure. Nice. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, those, those philosophies definitely have a big impact on, uh, on your uh, athletes for sure. Uh, you know, don't mind us seeing your play of style 10 years later with the same players coaching all like you. I'm sure we, we that's something we could definitely see happening. 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely so um i got another one here um are there any differences coaching in the east coast versus the west coast uh style of play uh etc mm, uh, yeah that is a really good one i actually got this question a lot a lot from our other pac-12 head coaches um you know just hey how does it compare pac-12 to acc you know, and even into the Big Ten, I've been fortunate enough to be, you know, those are really, I would say the top three college soccer conferences, you know, and then I think after that, you have like Conference USA, who just had the national champion in Marshall, um, you know, uh, you know, I think those are kind of your top, yeah, your top four kind of conferences. Um, yeah, and, and I would say, you know, I think in general, from a talent perspective, you know, both conferences are very, very good. I would say the the really interesting part of the Pac-12 is playing everybody twice um, and playing everybody twice in a very short window. Um, you know, so there's always adjustments you have to make, you know, playing those Thursday, Sunday games, you know, when you're on the road or at home, create an interesting challenge as well. So, you know, I would say there's just differences in, in probably that structure of the league. Um, you know, I think, you know, on the East Coast, you're going to get some teams to play direct. You're going to get some teams that, you know, want to, um, possess the ball a little bit more. You're going to get some teams that want to play strictly in transition. Um, you know, some teams that can combine all those different things. So, you know, I think in general, you know, we have that in the PAC 12. I think we've got a very good balance, uh, in the league, you know, where I think Oregon state Cal UCLA are more, um, you know, oriented to, they want to dominate the games with the ball where I think, you know, Stanford, Washington, and us, you know, are good, yeah, we can have spells of possession, but we're also very good when we don't have the ball and we can get at you very, very quickly and transition and hurt you, um, you know, that way. And I think, you know, on the flip side of it defensively, I think we're more of high pressing teams, us three, where I would say maybe Oregon State, UCLA and Cal are a little bit, um, you know, not as oriented, you know, that way in terms of pressing and stuff like that. So I think that's what makes it really interesting because, you know, with how your travel partners work out, you kind of get one and the other, like we'll have, you know, we play against Oregon state and Washington on a trip. So we get one of each. So it's, you know, you have to kind of prepare the team for both, um, you know, going into the weekend and same thing, we play Cal and Stanford in the same weekend. So you get a little bit of both. So it's, it's intriguing that way. I think the PAC 12 is just, you know, it's, it's a phenomenal conference. We had the Herman award winner, uh, Gloria Amanda from, from Oregon state, he ended up leaving signed in the first division in Austria, um, you know, and every single year we'll probably have anywhere from eight to 10, you know, MLS draft picks and a handful, of, you know, a few guys going, going to Europe as well. So, um, you know, I would say, yeah, it's, it's very, very similar to the East Coast. A lot of good teams, a lot of different styles of play. Um, you know, I think weather certainly plays a more of a factor on the East Coast uh, than certainly than, you know, down here in, in California. Um, you know, so I think that's certainly a factor, especially as you get into tournament time, you know, and things of that nature as the weather changes. But no, I would say, you know, in terms of overall level, I think it's, it's very similar in, in, in the PAC 12, you know, definitely one of the best, um, if not the best in the country for sure. No. Yeah. I think the weather is probably the biggest factor there, right? Yeah. Crazy and that, snow. And then yeah, over here you have sunny and days. And, yeah. And, and wind and yeah, we, I played some games that just, yeah, I mean, it didn't even look like a soccer game and you just got to figure out how to get through it and, and um, you know, drive, drive, you know, get get the results that you need to get. So, 
Um, but yeah, I would say that's a big factor, especially to be honest during preseason, because people don't understand the mugginess and the heat of the East coast. And when you're trying to do sometimes two practices in a day and, you know, 95 degrees with 95% humidity, um, that's a totally different ball game for sure. I can't, I don't know if I would want to experience that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, so, um, got another one here. Uh, well, <laughs> this is a funny one. Um, what is it? What was it like to coach Daryl DK? And did he ever run you over in practice? Um, so Daryl DK was uh, the forward, um, you know, I was fortunate to coach at Virginia, um, now starting with the full national team, um, had, a, had a spell and uh, with Barnsley in the uh, English championship and um, thrilled to see his success. We, we still text a lot and still send him some pointers on, on, you know, things that I see in games that he can get better at. And he has such a growth mindset. And um, even when he was at Virginia, he was just a sponge of trying to soak up knowledge and, and tactics and technical things and, and different runs that he can make. And um, he just blossomed so much there and he's blossomed so well. Orlando city has done a phenomenal job with, with um, Oscar Perea and his staff have really helped his development. I think that loan spell, um, you know, at Barnsley really just showed him a different, you know, a different atmosphere. And so I love, love to see, um, you know, his success um, at, uh, with the national team and uh, some of the goals he's, he's able to score. And I was fortunate enough, I didn't have to deal with him too much, um, you know, in trainings. I just, you know, if I ever had to play, you just kind of get out of the way once the, once that train comes uh, rumbling down the tracks, but um fantastic human being uh you know one of the most humble hard-working guys i've ever been around um and uh, just a big big teddy bear um so he's uh we're so thrilled for his success like our uva family and um you know just to to watch everything that he's doing is awesome and yeah it's been fun our one of our center backs that we had there henry kessler just got called up there was an injury to walker zimmerman unfortunately so they called up uh henry so henry might might feature in this um and some of these knockout games for the gold cup. So we're excited to see him there. And then, yeah, we had uh, Joe Bell at Virginia who uh, he'll be captain in New Zealand, in the Olympics. So he's, he's over there with New Zealand um, with the, with their Olympic team. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun to see all these guys that, you know, watch them develop and blossom. And, you know, that's the environment we want to create here and, and produce, you know, professionals and, and, in, and internationals like we, like we did there. That's that's so awesome that, you know, you get to coach these players and, you know, a couple of years from now, you see them on TV, you know, performing at top level teams. And in this case, the national team, you know, can't get any better than that, representing your country in the Gold Cup. So we're going to be definitely seeing them there. If no you, doubt. Yeah. If you have one more question, maybe another goofy one or another one yeah, that you want to end it. up on. Yeah. And I, and I want to make a, actually a funny statement on, um, on that side of it. It's, it's really interesting now, like you see all these, you know, comments on Twitter and whatever. And, you know, it's like, you're get so protective of these guys. And some people on Twitter are saying this, that, and the other thing It's like, you want to wade into these like Twitter wars, but it's just like, <laughs> not worth it. But it, it, it's it, so yeah. Funny when, yeah, when you see some of the comments and things of that nature, and it's like, you know nothing about this person or 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 this player to be honest in in, in a lot of ways so um you know it's kind of kind of funny you get protective like a, a family member in the in that situation so exactly um 
what has been well and this will go we'll end on this one this is like a little bit of a travel question um you know and in that photography side of things that i enjoy is you know what's been your favorite place to visit and uh an experience and why um and i would say i'm a list maker um so i can't just pick one so i'm going to go with my top three places i've been to um and why so let's do it yeah, I would say number three um, was, and I combine, I get to combine it into one because I went on the same trip, um, but I would say Australia, New Zealand. Um, and funny story about that, I actually did my phone interview for this job in New Zealand uh, while I was on vacation there. So that was, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's a pretty, um, you know, the, 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 the glory of, uh, of technology, I guess. So that was a pretty, pretty interesting part, but yeah, awesome place to visit amazing people. Um, you know, so many cool things in nature with hiking and, um, whitewater rafting. And, you know, those are a lot of things that I, you know, I enjoy doing and a lot of photography and, and things of that nature. So that, that was my number three. My number two is actually Jordan. Um, so I was fortunate enough to go to Jordan and Egypt and Dubai in the same trip. Um, and, and absolutely just love Jordan. Um, people are amazing, totally different experience, obviously being in the middle East and, um, Jordan is very, very welcoming of neighbors, uh, of Westerners for sure. Um, you know, but it's, you know, there was points I was, you know, roughly 20 kilometers from, from the Iraqi border and from the Syrian border. And, you know, it's, it's just a different world. It's totally, you know, you, you see people in totally different living conditions and, um, you know, they're, but ultimately I think people, you know, boil down to a lot of the same values. They want to have safety for their family. They want to have an enjoyable life. You know, they want to have hope for the future. And, you know, I think those are three things that of all my travels, I think you find that in a lot of different people. And I think that's something that can help bind us together as a world as we go through, you know, challenges over, you know, with whether it's the pandemics, whether it's global warming, you know, whatever hunger, whatever our challenges, you know, are as a world. I think those three things can really, really unite us. So Jordan was amazing. I was able to visit Petra. Um, it's on my bucket list to go to all seven wonders of the world you know, which I've been to four. So able to go to Petra, which was amazing, able to go to Wadi Rum, camp out in Wadi Rum and go to the Red Sea, uh, snorkel in the Red Sea, go to the Dead Sea and float and go to, to Moss and they have Roman ruins there. So it just was an amazing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes certainly in Egypt, you know, there was moments I definitely didn't feel safe, but you know, it's all part of that experience. And this is how people live, you know, and you have to walk, I think sometimes walk a mile in their shoes to, to really understand what, you know, what they're going through and what, you know, the things that are troubling them. Um, so I would say that was number two and that was a great experience. And my number one overall was, has been Iceland, um, you know, and that was actually the first trip I did solo. Um, so I think that's part of it, but yeah, what an amazing, amazing country. So many um, different geographical, opportunities to see of black sand beaches and glaciers and volcanoes and um ice caves and i was able to see the northern lights there which is probably the most amazing thing i've seen in nature um you know and it was just yeah a really good experience to go go by myself and experience that um but yeah those have kind of been my those have been my my top my top places for sure yeah it looks like you've definitely explored the, the world more than me and that's amazing that you could uh, you know have that in in, in your memories Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you have more to go. You're almost done with the 
uh, wonders of the world here. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Anything else, coach, you want to tell uh, the locals here in San Diego kicking us off as a first one here or anything really for the Aztec fans out there? Yeah, just, you know, we're so, like I said, I, and I'll keep saying this where we're, you know, we're going to feed off, off your guys' emotion and your guys' energy at game. So whatever support, you know, you guys can give us, you know, we're, we're actively going to be building this, this team with, with San Diego, you know, San Diego kids, you know, we didn't get as many as we wanted in, in this recruiting class, but that's definitely going to be a focus, you know, over our, you know, over our time here. And I think that helps build that community feel, um, helps build, um, you know, that continuity, you know, between the the campus, the community and, and, and our program. And that's what we want to do. And we're, we're so excited to, bring um you know bring our our entertaining football to to the sports deck and ultimately to Aztec Stadium um you know and and to have the fans so all the support you guys can give us you know we hear you we appreciate it um you know we we cannot wait to to get started with you guys back out there so yeah whatever support you guys can get however many games you guys can get to as loud as you can be uh, you know to just help the group um you know our our sport is just such a passionate sport and so intertwined with the fans i think you can see in in europe and south america and all over the world um that just such a special relationship between the supporters um, and, and the team and, and the program. And that's what we want to build, you know, certainly here. So yeah, whatever support you guys can give us, you know, we're more than, more than happy to help and, um, you know, have you be part of the family. Thank you coach for those words. As you heard him here, we're trying to build community. We're trying to build that, uh, culture. So come out and support the team. Uh, uh you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Aztec men's soccer team, and, uh, we're ready for it. Uh, the season is very anticipated, too. So we'll be out there for sure. I'll be there reporting, uh, trying to get my hands on anything possible with soccer. So um, I'm ready. Uh, San Diego, San Diego State is ready for sure, too. So thank you, Coach. I appreciate you, your time here. Uh, we'll catch you till then. Um, All right. Well, I'll be. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to keep talking. Hopefully we can talk uh, after the first couple preseason games. and. Uh, We'll come back on the show. I enjoyed you being here. Great talk for sure. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. And um, yeah, any, anytime you need an interview or, or anything uh, just, just let me know. However, I can be accessible, um, you know, to, to you guys. I'm, I'm always here. So. Thank you, coach. All right. You have a great pleasure. day. All right. See you. Thanks again. See you.